Good evening, CFSL fans. This is By the Numbers, your hosts, TJ Smith and EJ Ruiz. How you doing tonight, brother? Doing well, TJ. How are you? I am loving life. It is a beautiful Saturday. Um, no CFSL action, so we can just sort of sit back and not have to worry about games, and we can talk about something that we enjoy. That's right. I mean, you know, there was a lot of action this last week. I think we went from four undefeateds down to one, and now we have a giant bottleneck of one-loss teams to to parse through. So there, it, the dust needed to settle a little bit. PRI needed a couple extra seconds to to calculate this week. Yeah, and, and it's crazy looking at it when it spit the numbers out and you're looking at teams and even, you know, doing our polls as, as the 80s. I mean, it became really difficult when you're looking at one 4-0 team and then 10 3-1 teams. And I think that goes to talk about the parity in the league and how there's just talent everywhere. And every single week is an important week. Every single game is an important game. And, man, it became difficult. And I think even even the PRI is like, what just happened? <laughs> Yeah, the PRI is like, wait, is it the same league? The, the inputs change? What's going on? And I mean, it's a good thing to, to point out that one that one loss bottleneck because, you know, whether you're number two or number 12 this week, it, you probably have an argument for being number two or number 12, right? Uh, oh. I, I just, I think it's debatable and, and that's why it's really good. You know, this week we saw the the beginning of the end of being able to use head to head because you get into some regressive loops that you can't sort out. Uh, and then uh, you need some different perspectives. And that's one thing that PRI is very good at doing. It says, Hey, here's how I see it. You should consider this when you're building your poll. And uh, it's been, it's been very useful this week to just kind of quality check yourself and go, man, I didn't consider them or I didn't consider that. And maybe I should relook at that. And uh and we're going to jump in here in a second, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I did that. I, I looked at the PRI and I, I, I used it to help me um, build my poll. But and my poll does not look anything like what the PRI minus maybe who the number one team is. Um, but and I used it as, a, as just a building block to, to my poll. Um, and then, I, you know, I moved teams based off how I saw things and certain head-to-heads, things like that. But, no, you're right. I mean, look, when I started doing those head-to-heads, and I'm like, well, this team beat this team, but this team beat that team who also lost to this team, and, and now you've got this three-way tie, and you're just like, oh, my goodness. Yep, yep. Yeah, so you, you definitely need that added perspective. Uh, well, let's, yeah, let's do it like we normally do. We're going to chop these up into thirds, and we're going to start with our first eight uh, we start at number 24 with Texas A&M, number 23, Nebraska, Auburn at 22, Ohio State at 21, Tennessee at number 20, number 19, Miami, 18, Iowa, and number 17, West Virginia. So we get this first block of teams, and who do you want to chat about first? And I, I think the first team I want to talk about, and I'll, I'll work my way up, uh, the pool. But the first thing I want to talk about is Tennessee. And, and I know we've talked about Tennessee seems like every week because they're right. They seem to have a really good offense and, and then their defense sometimes shows up and sometimes it doesn't. Um, and 
man, I, I love Tennessee. I really do. Uh, and I love what they're doing at that program. Um, but, you know, Tennessee moves up a whole spot this week. And that's just a testament to how good that program is doing, really, truly doing. Uh, you don't notice it in their, their, uh, what their overall record is. We look at, you know, other teams that are comparable in, in their record, and, and you're just wondering, like, are they really that talented to sort of be a top 20 team? And, you know, the PRI says that they are. Um, and the PRI seems to really like what Tennessee does. It, it just, it's like, I want to see more consistency before I move you into that, uh, into that metal group. Yeah. I mean, I think there've been some teams that have really accelerated their learning curve and it might be throwing people's perception of what's reasonable or, or possible when it comes to, you know, rebuilding or building a program. I think Tennessee is actually a really positive story of, of, taking steps in the right direction. This is not showing up in the win-loss column right now. You'll notice that the last three games that they played, we're not going to talk about those teams for quite a while on this podcast. They've been playing top-notch opposition. Uh, and, you know, you, you have to keep that in mind. The PRI does, and that's why it kind of holds them higher than some of these other teams that have that have started, you know, 0-4 as well. I like what they're doing. Logan's done a great job re-energizing the program. It definitely looks like he's got the offensive side figured out. Um, and now it's just about the defensive side. Uh, when you talk about a program that's that's a very similar trajectory to them, I would point out Miami, that the PRI ranks one slot ahead. This is a team that almost upset Kentucky last week, a 17-16 barn burner there. Uh, and it's a team that beat West Virginia. That win looks uh, a little better. Uh, I'm sorry. Miami beat Iowa earlier this season. Uh, yeah. And they played Alabama. They played Missouri. You know, they played a challenging schedule, including that Kentucky game. So uh, it, it's something that if you look at where Miami was last season and you look at where they are this season, it's clear that they are in the right direction. Uh, it's good leadership. It takes a lot of work. It's not something you can just flip a switch on and suddenly you're contending for titles. Uh, it takes sometimes a season or two of transition like this. And I hope those players see it and feel it. I hope those locker rooms see it and feel it. They have a lot to be proud of. They're building something. It's obvious to the computer. It's obvious to our human eyes. So good job to those two programs. Yeah, Miami's a great program. Um, traditionally, they've been... A, a probably top 10, top 15 team. Um, last couple of seasons, you know, the, that's not testament to what they've done previously. But um, when you look at a team like Tennessee or a team like Miami, you see that their offense is where it should be um, and where it needs to be for them to be uh, definitely a top 15 or top 10 team. Uh, what they need to work on, and this should give them plenty of momentum into the offseason to go after some defensive. Because I think that's where both teams lack is their ability to slow people down or, or get them off the field on a three and out or things like that and get their offense back on the field to, to utilize their weapons and to their strengths, which is on the offensive side of the ball. So if you're Miami, if you're Tennessee, Y'all are tr definitely trending in the correct direction. Uh, 
I just think that when the offseason comes, if y'all can land a few defensive pieces, y'all will definitely be teams that can shock people next season. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who takes up that challenge, right? It's not cut out for everybody. There's a lot of folks who are more comfortable being a role player on a contending team already. Uh, but we've also seen those folks that are willing to take on the challenge of being, you know, one of the stars turning around a program. And those honestly are my most interesting uh, stories coming out in off season. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on is who are those game changers that go to a place like Tennessee or Miami and, uh, and go to make a difference. Uh, last team in this first group that I wanted to chat about was West Virginia. Uh, probably the story of, of last week with their upset over Oklahoma state, you know, the, the Cowboys had been living dangerously for a while. And even then, I think most people were surprised that it was West Virginia that stepped up and ended their run. Uh, but PRIs liked West Virginia, They've been moving them up slowly. And here they are on the verge of becoming kind of the middle of the pack slash pit contenders, at least uh, with a win like Oklahoma state under your belt, maybe they can do a little more. Yeah. And, you know, and we talk about those guys that come into a program and say, you know, I want to be, the changer of that program. I want to be that weapon that you can utilize to change the climate and the culture and, and the uh, trajectory of a program. And West Virginia got that from this game. They, they went out and picked up a big time uh, wide receiver, Tomlin Clementine, um, who I know a lot of teams probably went after. And here he is at West Virginia. And you see what they can do when they get somebody like that to come in and be that game changer for that program. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it's that la late arriving recruit that, that really shifts the balance somewhere. And I mean, they, they didn't waste any time incorporating him. I think he had double digit catches, 200 plus yards and a touchdown, just uh, a, a true game changer and, and good for him uh, to, to land somewhere where, where he could make a difference like that right away. So that was really awesome. Uh, but yeah, speaking of that potential future for West Virginia, let's let's chit chat a little bit about the middle eight, shall we? Yeah, let's jump into these uh, middle eight. All right, so we're going to start with number sixteen, Missouri, number fifteen, Clemson, LSU at fourteen, Oregon at thirteen, then we have Washington at number twelve, Oklahoma State at eleven, number ten, Michigan, and number nine, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, so when you look at the these teams, the, the two that I sort of want to point out is uh, Washington and Oklahoma State. Both these teams, Washington coming off of the loss against uh, a phenomenal Wisconsin team, and then you have Oklahoma State. And so Washington loses to a, a, a ranked opponent, and then you have Oklahoma State who loses to a non-ranked opponent, and both teams – drop five spots each and to me that was interesting because i would have probably have counted washington's loss a little less uh damaging than i would have counted oklahoma state's loss um so i know like when i did my poll that was something i did factor in um and i want to say that I, I, I ranked washington above oklahoma state for that um, because when you're looking at it, you're like, man, these two teams are, you know, according to the PRI, the PRI likes both of them and thinks that they're pretty close on par with each other. 
So that's where sort of the eye test comes in. And you're like, well, when you factor in exactly who they played, the eye test of those games and where they lost games, I'm not overly mad at, at where the PRI puts them. But on the same token, I want to make sure I do justice to the two both teams. Yeah, no, that's that's a fair point. It's interesting, you know, when that game happened in week two, I think most people uh, were looking at that matchup, especially after it ended and it had been such a close competitive game and thinking to themselves, and these teams are going to be in the mix for, for a playoff spot. They both go up the next week. They, they win convincingly. And, well, Oklahoma State ends up in overtime against Nebraska, uh, starts asking some questions. Washington goes out and, and beats Boise State pretty convincingly. And then we get to this next week, and, and suddenly you have West Virginia knock Oklahoma State. You have Wisconsin, you know, handle Washington uh, pretty successfully. And now they've fallen into this kind of middle of the middle, right? This maybe they will, maybe they won't situation. And you look at, at next week and you start wondering, you know, who's going to be able to turn it around uh, quicker because, you know, there's only so many lifeboats. Uh, on the season as, as we start getting deeper and deeper into the, into the schedule. So yeah, it's surprising to see them both drop exactly the same, but if you look at it kind of holistically, you do what PRI does, you kind of wipe the slate clean and you say, this is what they've done so far. This is what they have ahead of them. Now I get it. You know, I think it's pretty fair to say that they're both in that, you know, 10 to, to 13 range or whatever it might be. Um, my rankings actually had Oklahoma State and Washington exactly where PRI did. So, uh, you know, I think I've, I've become in sync with with the computer chips now after talking about them so much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting to see those kind of pairs where, where a couple teams intersect earlier in the season and, and where the season takes them. And it's interesting that PRI hasn't decoupled those. For me, it's the other two teams right ahead of them who, who suffered some losses last week that are interesting. Uh, you have Oklahoma that, you know, at one point PRI was like, hey, you're the number one team in the country. And they go out to, to Texas and Texas uh, does Texas things, right? It's week four. So the real Texas has shown up. They're back, Juby might say. And, uh, you know, they go out there, they get handled. Michigan starts off on fire. Everyone's like, you know, where'd this Michigan team come from? And suddenly, you know, you, you tune away from the game. You come back at halftime. It's, it's 55 to nothing or something. And. You're like, where? What in the world is going on? You know, again, another very strong opponent, Notre Dame, uh, but the the margin there was was surprising, and uh, it'll be interesting to see in these next weeks whether that margin was telling or whether it was more of an outlier. Hold on. What? Mom said, please get um, Mom acts very nicely. Okay. Sorry, my, my daughter wanted to come out and interrupt our, our show for a minute. That's, that's, that's um, fair. <laughs> um, no, I agree. You know, when you look at Oklahoma, you look at, at, at um, you know, Texas and, and that game, and then you you go and you look at um, Michigan and, and, and that Notre Dame game, and both of these teams, again, both of them dropped eight spots. Um Man, you know, the PRI is really loving what Oklahoma does. Um, I think it, it sort of hurts them where the PRI is like, I see what Texas is doing and I see Texas's potential, but I'm not seeing them actually achieve their potential um, prior to this week. 
because um, we'll talk about where Texas is ranked here shortly. But then you look at Michigan versus Notre Dame, and that game, the PRI thought it was probably going to be a little bit closer of a matchup. And now we plug these numbers in, and it's like, okay, maybe maybe I was wrong a little bit. Um, so it's intriguing to see Michigan where they're at. And I know we talked about them quite a bit on the show because of how much they've turned that program around. And then they go and they get a 59 to 7 loss or whatever the final score was. Um, it was a, it was a pretty large margin. Uh, I don't think that's indicative of truly what Michigan is capable of doing. Um, but I, I, I do agree in the sense that I don't think Michigan is in the top eight. And, and I think I said that in one of the, the podcasts before. It's, I want to see more from them before I put them in that top eight sort of class because – Although they're performing well against their schedule early on, they, they, they've got really a light, I won't say a lighter schedule because there is no such thing in this league, really. Um, but if you had to rank teams one through 24 and who's got the easiest schedule, I think that they rank somewhere in the middle of that. Um, and, but they've done well. They've done well against it. So, and I'm, I'm interested to see what Venom uh, has in store for the future uh, of his program for the remainder of this season and see how they bounce back. I think that's going to be the real testament of what this program can do is how they bounce back against that kind of loss to a Notre Dame team who is a back-to-back champs. And can they, re- can they rebound? I mean, that's my thoughts on that program. Yeah, I mean – they're just one win away from achieving a plateau they haven't achieved uh, in quite some time as a program. So, you know, we talked about it last time. I think you're the one that mentioned if they lost every game from here on out, they would still be on the upper end of what they've been able to achieve uh, more recently. So, you know, they're playing with house money at this point, but you are absolutely right that the schedule over the next four weeks, you know, including that Notre Dame game is, is much more complicated to navigate through than it was, you know, the first three weeks of the season. Then again, you know, we've seen situations where a team goes out and has a sideways game, people write them off and then they bounce right back. You know, I think it happened in Notre Dame last season against Wisconsin. Um, and, and it can happen. It could be that that's what we are saw, what we saw with Michigan, uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. Like you said, I expect them to to go out and win against Iowa this week. So, you know, it, it really really comes down to the the Washington and Boise games on their schedule uh, to to get to that Ohio State game, which is obviously a big rivalry game and and could have a lot at stake uh, there. But again, you know, you're looking at the edge of of the top eight, and and what you see is a bunch of teams that used to be there and fell off that need to kind of pick themselves up off the ground, dust their shoulder off, and get back to it. Yeah, you know, and it's surprising because we've seen four teams drop that were in the middle eight last week that move up, and we saw four teams that were in the top eight last week move down. So I think that's a good segue into this front eight. 
Yeah. So here we go. The final eight. We have number eight, Kentucky. Number seven, Boise. Alabama at six. Texas at five. Florida at number four. Number three, Wisconsin. Number two, Notre Dame. And for the nth week in a row, we have a new number one, and it is Florida State. Congratulations, Seminoles. Uh, I know you've been number one in your own heart the whole time, but now you're number one in PRI as well. So congrats. Yeah, you know, and it's it's good to see Grin uh, and Florida State up there. Um, well, you know, I, I really think over the last couple of weeks they've been sort of in that top four, top five, um, and and it's it's tough to decipher who's top five when you've got who's number one really when you've got five or six teams that are undefeated. Um, so, and I, here you are, the clear number one. There's no other team that's four zero. So, you know, congratulations to Bryn on, on what he's doing this season, especially compared to what they were, you know, the two and six um, season that they had last last season. Uh, huge turnaround for this program. And very quickly, a huge turnaround. And I think that was a lot of just, miss, uh, you know, miss piece here or miss piece there. And they, they've done they've done a wonderful job of, of turning that program around. Um, what it, what's interesting in this, when I looked at it, was you have Alabama, who was ranked third in the PRI last week. Um, and they lose to Florida in a really great game because uh, 35 to 30 was the final of that. I think a lot of people picked Alabama. A lot of people probably bet on Alabama to win that game, and rightfully so. I, I would not disagree with you. The PRI would not have disagreed with you. But they only dropped three spots in that loss. Whereas when you we talk about you know Oklahoma or uh, Washington or uh, really the big team that I would probably highlight losing to West Virginia, where they dropped five spots, mm-hmm. drop out of the top eight. Well, Alabama lost, and they only dropped three spots, and and that's a testament to the the level of play that they have to go against the competition that they have to go against. And the PRI is looking at it and saying, well, Florida last week was ranked number 12th. I want to say ninth, excuse me. They were ranked ninth last week. So in the PRI's eyes, they're looking at it saying you have the number playing the number three team. This probably could have went either way. And I'm not going to penalize Alabama as much for that loss. Whereas Oklahoma State was a top eight program, and they go and play an unranked. Uh, I say unranked. I mean top top fifteen, and they lose. So it penalizes. That's where that that new calculation sort of comes in, and it holds that to you and says you lost the game that you shouldn't have. So we're going to penalize you a little bit more. Whereas Alabama lost a game that was a really tough and, and close matchup and could have probably have gone either way. And I'm not going to penalize them as much. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And, and it's important to point out, you know, for, for, for Bama, obviously it was a, a disappointing uh, performance. I, I think it caught them a little by, by surprise. Uh, but I think that, you know, I think it was Owen Britt who was in uh, in LC using the, the old Tim Tebow promise yeah, speech. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, I think that's that's the right way to approach a situation like this, right? I mean, it was on the one hand, it, it was funny, uh, and I appreciated it because he, you know, save and bless and all that. Um, and that's how you should take, you know, losses in this community is, hey, you know, have some fun with it, uh, be able to poke some fun at yourself. Uh, but two is just use that as rocket fuel, right? Like just, you know, use it to to motivate you to to be that much better next week. Um, so I honestly think that uh, you know Bama did a really good job of of uh, continuing what I think has been a really positive season in terms of uh, being able to acknowledge when another team uh, just had the better of you that one day and and moving on and being positive about it and using it in the right way. So so kudos to the Tide for uh, victory even in defeat. Yeah, you know, and, and that's what I that's one thing I I love about this this community is more times than not even in a loss we come out and we congratulate each other you know good game heck of a game and in that game uh, man the last four minutes of that game was was absolutely crazy especially being the ad of florida i'm like okay we're up by 18 okay we're up by 11 that's right <laughs> that point, uh, we went we were up by 18 then they score they go for the yeah. two-point conversion. They miss. They they fail. And I'm like, okay, yeah. we're up by twelve. We got this. Then they we throw a, almost a pick six to a defensive tackle. I've never seen that. <laughs> and um, you know, fortunately, our defense was able to hold out on that series. And then we're still up by twelve. And then they score, and you're like, okay, we're up by five. Just don't screw up on this this uh, uh, onside kick, and we can we can. We can knock the clock out. We can just drain it down, and we can go home with a five-point win and be be happy with it. Um, but I mean, that's that just proves how talented that program is, is to be down by eighteen points and then bring it within five. Uh, I mean, just kudos to them for an outstanding game. They never quit. They never gave up, and and they were really one drive away from from winning that. And uh, it's just wow. <laughs> it was a great game, honestly. As a neutral, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, I came away with probably thinking more highly of both teams uh, than than I did when I walked into that game. So, so kudos to you both. I will say one of the things that stood out to me from this top eight was actually all within the top five, and it's the familiar names are back where they belong, right? We see Notre Dame at two, Wisconsin at three, Texas at five. This has been the case last season and the season before. Uh, I think that when I started uh, in the CFSL, it was season nine, and there was so much turnover one season to another between the playoff teams and the contenders, the real contenders, that I am shocked at this point at the consistency of at least those three programs. You could probably start to add Bama into that mix. You might be able to add Kentucky into that mix eventually. Uh, they won't, they've just only been around for two seasons, but there there yeah. been a, a handful of, of programs, a handful of ADs and coaching staffs that have really kind of elevated the game and established themselves in the mix at the top of the contenders list. And, uh, you know, we talked about how it was silly to look at PRI after one week or two weeks because, you know, some of these teams are going to come up to the top again. And sure enough, there's Notre Dame and Texas uh, and Wisconsin, who I think we're all residents of the bottom or middle eight at some point and suddenly boom they're top five again yeah you know and and again that's why we put the stipulation this is a way too early pri 
but it's fun to talk about. It's fun to get that content out and, and show people where teams are currently sitting. And, you know, some, some teams have sort of hung out with where the PRI originally had them. Um, other teams have moved up. Other teams have moved down. Um, so it's been interesting to see all this develop so far. And this, I think, is where truly we start to see the PRI getting on track with how teams are going to end up. Um, when we're looking at, I mean, four weeks, is we're already at the midway point, which is crazy to say. Mm-hmm. But four weeks have passed. You've got four more games in the regular season. And the PRI, this is week four, week five, is where the PRI starts really getting things uh, a clearer picture and starts getting things set up to where, okay, these are the teams that's probably or most likely going to end up um, sitting towards the top. And these are these are the teams vying for playoff spots, whereas these are the teams vying for a, a pit, um, pit showcase. So, yeah, I mean, it's I, getting clearer. I think it's fair now, right? Like you could take shots at it if you're like, if you really, really strongly believe that, you know, Team X should be ranked ahead of Team Y. I think now is is the time when we really do have to get into defending uh, PRI a little bit. And just so the audience knows, we will be uh, welcoming some guests in the following weeks. We we have some very interesting names who I think will will bring a different perspective. There, we'll call them skeptical, maybe a little bit. We'll call them. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, reasonable or, or whatever you want to call them, but it's some, some really important and interesting characters in our community that are willing to, to come on and chat about the, the computer chips with us. So uh, I think now is the time. You go up this list and you think to yourself, would this team lose to the team right above it? And for the most part, you'd have to consider the answer to be yes, at least I do. Uh, it does feel like it's getting sorted to that point. So, you know, it's not... Is, is, is a team in the middle of the pack stuck there and going to the pit for sure? Absolutely not, right? But if they were playing next week, would the team beat the team that's ranked directly above them? And, you know, I think that worst case scenario, when you look all the way up this list is, yeah, it's debatable. It's a toss-up. It's, 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 a, it's a competitive yep. game. So good job at the PRI. Uh, I know that it doesn't have any friends because it can only rank one team number one, but uh, I support the PRI. And I appreciate it giving us this wonderful content. Oh yeah, and, and just throwing it out there, I am. It's so ecstatic. Florida's not number one because <laughs> the last, well, since the start of the season, if you were ranked number one, you lost that next week. Yeah. So, Florida State, hey, can y'all break the curse? Can y'all not <laughs> lose this week and and remain five and zero? Oh? And, and be the first team this, this season to uh, not get ranked number one and lose. So it'll be yeah. interesting. Yes, the answer is yes. They're gonna they're gonna be fine. Uh, but will they will they finish the season undefeated? I know a lot of folks are, are chatting about that already. Uh, and you know, you look at their landing, and it's not the smoothest landing in the world. Uh, they they do have Alabama on the schedule, and then they have Florida on the schedule. That's two current top six teams back to back to end the season. Uh, you know, I, I, it's not going to be the, the easiest landing for them for sure. So if they do it, they'll have earned it. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, cause I think they get Alabama week six and I think they get Miami week seven. 
I think it's actually they get Auburn this week, then they get Miami mm-hmm. next week, and then they get Bama, and then they close out Florida. Florida. Man, that is a tough match, uh, Auburn. Uh, but <laughs> even even when you're you're looking at Miami, mm-hmm. who again, I mean, they lost by one point to Kentucky. Is Miami getting things in the right direction for that program? Can they walk in and get the upset over Florida State? That's a huge rivalry between those two programs. Uh, and then you've got to take on Alabama, who I would imagine at this point is a pissed-off Alabama. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got to close out with another big rivalry game in Florida. So that is a tough stretch, and I know Grin's not looking past any program. Um especially when that target's on your back, you can't. You just mm. – you, you absolutely you cannot look past any program because any program and every program that you face from here on out is going to be the – want to be that team that beats you and wants to be the team that dethrones you. So, uh, again, kudos to, to, to Grin and to his coaching staff and to his players. They've, they've definitely earned uh, this number one spot. So, Well, let's take a look then as we have been – with Florida State, but we went to deep future. Let's look to the to the near future. Let's look at this the slate for this week. And as always, we're going to try to highlight some of those Wednesday and Thursday games, uh, since since we know the league office stacks Monday and Tuesday for us, and we know those games are are going to be exciting. Uh, looking ahead at the Wednesday and Thursday matchups, anybody that jumped out at you right away? So I'm going to start with a Wednesday matchup. Um, this game has a lot of implications on both of these programs and sense of who's going to get their first win. And, and that's Wednesday night, nine ten on YouTube. Uh, that's Texas A&M at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a, a game that both of these teams can walk into. And if they walk out, whoever walks out with the win isn't sitting in week five or week six going into week six, Oh, and five. And that's yeah, this huge. Is, this is your best chance to get rid of that goose egg, for sure, if you're one of these two programs. And, I mean, Nebraska's been closer. I feel like Nebraska's knocked on the door a couple times. But they've also had some outings that, frankly, you know, just haven't been very competitive. And, and Tammy's the kind of team that has shown potential, you know, maybe just a quarter at a time or a half at a time this season. So they could very easily step up into a, a bad Nebraska performance and come away with their first win. So yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. Yeah. And that's, so I want to highlight that game because both are own four. One of them is going to come out one and four. The other one, unfortunately will come out. zero and five. So make sure you tune in for that game again, Wednesday night, nine, 10 on YouTube. Uh, another game that I like is uh, Thursday, seven, 10 on YouTube. And that's Tennessee at Miami. Mm-hmm. Tennessee and Miami both have an opportunity to put themselves in a in a in a better spot within the SEC. Uh, do I think either one of these teams is vying for an SEC contention at this point? Probably not, uh, as far as being an SEC uh, champion. But it can give both either one of these teams a a really good boost in the PRI because the PRI does seem to like both of these teams. And it, it's just an extra notch in their belt this season uh, for either one of those programs 
So Tennessee, great offense. Can their defense show up? Miami, can they play the kind of game that they played against Kentucky? It's going to be interesting to watch these two teams try and battle it out and see which one comes out on top. Yeah, this is the kind of game that has implications more on the off season than the postseason, right? Like it's the kind of game that can change the the narrative of a season. Um, you know, you always if, if you're not going to be contending, you want to be able to to draw that picture for those recruits and say, here's where we were, here's where we are, and get us. And I think that winning this kind of a game lets you start to make that argument, hey, we're next in line, right? Um yep. We're just a step behind these other teams, and we need you. Come on over. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's a big game that if you're just looking at the standings, you might think, yeah, that's not that interesting of a game. But if you're those programs, you know, this is probably one of the biggest games of your season. It is one of those opportunities for you to go out there and win a game that you're supposed to win, you know, especially if you're Miami and you have a win under your belt and you're Tennessee and you don't. That's that's a big difference there. Uh, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, I love I love those I love those call out, man. You know, the, those are games that I think that if if you're just a casual fan and, and you're not, you know, really following along with other programs, you might just look at those and say, hey, they, there's one win in those four teams. And why would I watch them? There, there might be more to watch there than in, in some two and two versus two and two games uh, elsewhere. So kudos for picking those out. Yeah. And I got one more. And this is probably one that I would probably say you have circled. And, and again, it's a Thursday night game. It's at, uh, it's at 9 p.m. on Twitch, and that's Texas at West Virginia. Yeah. No, that's, that? Oh, that's honestly, I'm glad that you said I had it circled because I was like, man, he's taking a third one. And what am I going to have left? Uh, but, yeah, Texas, West Virginia. You know, West Virginia went out and had the biggest win in program history. Uh, they, they had a very well-earned uh, win against Oklahoma State here in week four and it get you know the the scheduling gods uh reward them with the texas longhorns right uh yeah. in in the middle of their stride here comes number five defending you know big 12 champs or back-to-back uh finalists for the the cfsl playoffs and uh and it's another chance for west virginia to, to demonstrate how far they've come I, i'm not going to say they have to win to prove it you know so to speak but if they can be competitive in this game after beating Oklahoma State in in their game, and uh, you know, again, adding another win to, to the tally, showing that forward momentum, if they can just be competitive, even this is a program that's brand new, you know. And I know that Kentucky skews everything, and everyone's like, "Well, look what Kentucky's doing as a new program." West Virginia is ahead of the curve as a new program. They are doing better than I think would be reasonable to expect from a new program. And if they can get anything out of this game, even if it's, you know, a sincere GG out of Juby at the end of it, I, I think they will have done something special. Yeah. You know, and again, West Virginia coming off a big time win, that momentum can carry forward. How big, how much of a impact in their overall ranking, the PRI and in the, in the AD pool, would it be for West Virginia if they come out with a win over Texas? Because then you've got back-to-back top eight programs that you just beat. I mean, what are your thoughts? No, I love it. I mean, good good luck to them. You know, I, I, I hesitate to pick against Texas after week two <laughs> and before <Yeah>. the final, I guess. <laughs> um, but, 
yeah, I, I definitely think that, that they can do it. I mean, it, it, they, they have a, an interesting balanced offense. They have uh, with Clementine now, you know, kind of that superstar t- receiver to blow the top off of a defense that adds another dimension with Philbin running the ball and Barnes throwing it. Um, you know, I, depending on the odds, you might want to throw a couple fake sportsbooks dollars at, uh, on, on West Virginia to pull an upset there because it's not impossible. It definitely isn't. And if you would have told me that, you know, would have said, hey, what do you think of this week five game? I'd, I'd say, well, you know, Texas is going to win that. It's going to be their fifth win in a row or something. And and we're not going to bat an eye. And, and West Virginia will, will regroup and do well next week. But uh, all of a sudden, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Now, I know that you don't talk about your own team. So I'll forgive you for not picking what I think is my game of the week. And that's the Wednesday, May 11th. 7 p.m. kickoff on Twitch, Florida, Kentucky. Um, I To me, this is a game that last season determined the playoff spot because the outcome of this game is is the reason why Kentucky ended up in the playoffs with a, with a guaranteed spot, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yeah. it could very well do the same thing again. You know, this is a Kentucky team that if they shocked the world with how well they did in season one, making the playoffs. And I I'm even more shocked that they've been able to carry that into this next season and be just as good. Um, so kudos again to 14 R Davis for, for the job they've done, but that matchup against Florida coming off that Bama game, uh, Kentucky coming off that uh, Miami game where they almost dropped one that, that they should have probably won more comfortably it makes you wonder, you know, did Kentucky load up for this week and uh, did Florida use everything they had last week? It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a top talent matchup. It's a great rivalry. Even in real life, it's become kind of spicy. And now you get uh, this great playoff implication matchup uh, going at a, at a perfect time for both teams. So I'm really excited for that game. Yeah, it has a lot of implications into the SEC championship who runs away with it because right now you've got three teams in the sec that are undefeated in conference play. That's Florida state, Florida and Kentucky. Um, when you're looking at this, this matchup, Florida wins, then they get Auburn, then they get Miami and then they get Florida state. So they have the easier path. To, to the SEC championship, and I think that that championship game would probably be at that point in week eight against Florida State and Florida. However, if Kentucky wins, they still got to play Alabama, mm-hmm. and that's a tough matchup for anybody. Um, mm-hmm. Not as easy of a path, but once they get past Kentucky, or excuse me, once they get past Alabama, Florida and Alabama, it becomes a little bit easier for them. So, It's it's a great matchup between two really good and talented programs. It's going to be interesting. I know 14 R. <laughs> Davis is going to have his team ready and dialed in, yep. and we just got to make sure that we do the same. We come in with the same energy that we did with Alabama, and you know, it, it's going to be another uh, game where I am stressed. No, nobody is sleeping on Florida anymore, my friend. Everybody's wide awake, and uh, I think I think that one's going to have plenty of eyeballs on it. The last game I wanted to chat about this week, uh, if it's not Florida-Kentucky, then 
my game of the week is Tuesday, 9 p.m. kickoff on Twitch, Wisconsin at Boise State. Uh, Boise bounced back nicely from from their loss uh, at Washington. Wisconsin just beat Washington. And you might be tempted to think, well, you know, Wisconsin beat the team that beat Boise State. The end, right? Uh, but that's just not the way that it works. There's no transitive property in sports. That's, that, that, this is a brand new uh, matchup. And, you know, hats off to Wisconsin. They're, they're a, a, a relentless machine uh, to, to go up against. It's like, you know, trying to be a tree in, in a land of only wood chippers uh, playing against the Badgers. But um, Boise State is a very good football team. Uh, and when they have their offense sorted, they got two new five-star wide receivers. They have more weapons. They can, they can try uh, to go a little over the top. I'm interested to see if they can, you know, I, I feel like Washington drew a little blood. Uh, I wonder if Boise can kind of shock the world here. I, I, I feel like they can play. PRI says it's close enough. Uh, I'm curious to see how that one plays out. Yeah, that's an interesting matchup. And like you pointed out, you know, when Boise loses to Washington, Washington loses to Wisconsin, you would probably think that Wisconsin's going to carry this game. Um, but Boise is not a team to take lightly. They have and consistently been a top-notch defensive unit. Uh, for the last several seasons, really, since their their reemergence back into the CFSL. Yeah. Now um, you absolutely. And then last season, yeah, I got it. Their offense wasn't the star of the show for them, but they still kept games relatively competitive last season. And now they've got a brand new offense, and they look really good. And adding in that talent that you talked about really can make a difference for this program. I mean, when you look at West Virginia, they add one piece, and it's a new West Virginia offense. So same with Boise. They add two new wide receivers, and now is this going to be a different type of Boise team? This is one that, as a sportsbook better, and I think I'm number two in the sportsbook, <laughs> I might be number one if Beat It Down didn't bet. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm probably not going to throw money on this game because it literally is a coin toss with how talented both of these programs truly are. So look, if you want to bet on that game, y'all go right ahead, have fun with it. I'm not touching it with a 10 foot ball. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'll allow it. Uh, so as we get ready to, to sign off here, I just wanted again to, to, to thank everybody who takes the time to, to listen to us jabber on about the CFSL. Uh, you know, we're obviously very passionate members of the community and we appreciate the opportunity you guys give us to, to discuss this uh, as friends uh, here in conversation and then to continue that conversation in league chat. So please, if you get a chance to listen to our, to our chat, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us in LC or even in a private message if you want to. Uh, if you want to ask a direct question or you say, hey, we don't talk enough about your team or whatever it is that, that you want to let us know, uh, or you just want to say that we're, we're, we got everything right, we're perfect about your team, uh, and you probably play for Florida State, but uh, we'd love to hear from you too. And uh, just thanks again. Um, you know, it's crazy that we get to not only play in this uh, community as, as leaders of our programs the way that we do, but also we get to chat about it like we do and, and people actually enjoy our conversations. That's always fun to think about. And I just wanted to be 
grateful for it. So thanks again. Yeah, you know, and Jim Carr is going to be super, super excited that that Florida State's number one. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I'm he's sure tagging. Very surprised. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to tag both of us and say, "Hey, thank you." Um, no, you know, but like you you said, we, we do appreciate everything that uh, you know the members when they listen to this and give their feedback and and talk about it. That's that's the enjoyable part for me. Is I, I do enjoy the conversations with you, but I also enjoy seeing how teams, you know, players respond to our conversations. Um, I'm excited to see who we're bringing in next week and the week after. Um, I think it's some headliners that some of y'all may not be truly prepared for. Yeah, give us some guesses. Go ahead. Take a chance. Yeah. Let, let, let me know if you think you know who, who we're having uh, come to visit us in, in our conversation and maybe who you'd like to, and then we'll bother them for, for future <laughs> conversations as well. Yeah, because uh, one of them is is very skeptical of <laughs> PRI, and one yeah. is one is actually listens to us all the time, every week. He's always mm-hmm. messaging me, hey, when are you going to drop it? Uh, so maybe he helped, he utilizes it to, to, I'll give you a hint in this one on the second person. Uh, maybe he utilizes it in how he ranks teams in his AD pool. So yeah, yeah. There, now sure. you have like a 20, you have a one in 22 chance of guessing <laughs> this person right. That, that, those are good odds. And the computer would figure it out, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we've carried on long enough. Uh, again, appreciate everybody who supports us and listens to us and talks to uh, and interacts with us in the chat. We appreciate this community far more than what we could probably ever truly say. So for by the numbers, we're going to sign off and we wish everybody a wonderful week and best of luck in week five. And for you seniors, y'all are getting close. Mm-hmm. Almost time. Almost time to wish you guys your uh, best of luck in your final home game. So till next week, we will see y'all next Saturday.